This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Amen. Friends, let's get straight into God's Word. Remember last week we spoke about Jonah. He, he, got, he got this call from God and he didn't want to go. And one of the reasons why he didn't want to go was because God's heart is always redemption. And God's heart is always to bring about revival and the move of the Spirit and always supernatural salvation. And God's heart is always to bring people close to Him. God's heart is mercy. God's heart is not judgment. And so, so when God does speak about the fact that judgment comes, because that is the reality, that sin, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. God always has a gift. But if you don't want the gift, then God's going to send messengers to come and talk to you. God's going to ask Jonas to give people messages so that they, they would be able to turn, so that they would be able to experience eternal life, so that they would be able to experience redemption and mercy and grace and love and forgiveness and the presence of God. So you might be sitting here saying, man, oh man, I, I don't want to be like Jonah. I don't want to be able to, God really, please can't you send someone else to, to the people in my life? Can't you send someone else to my sister? Can't you send someone else to that, that ex-friend of mine that I got so offended with? Can't you send someone else to, to my mother-in-law? Can't you send someone else to my employees or my boss? But God is saying to you today that the wages of sin is death for them, but he wants them to know about the gift of eternal life through you and me. And so friends, here's the thing, is we often run away from the call of God. We often run away from the call of God. Now, I don't know if you've ever run away, but I remember as a teenager, I ran away from home. My parents are probably watching this. They'll never forget the day. I think I was like 16 or 17. I can't remember. And, um, and my, my, my mom and dad said, you're not going out tonight. You're not going with your friends. And I'm like, but I want to go with my friends. And my mom said to me, if you go with your friends, don't come back. Kind of like saying, I don't want you to go. So I was a very like, obviously, I mean, I'm a... I'm, I'm quite an arrogant young man, full of myself, thinking, I know it, I'm going to do it my way. So I walked out of the door with a, just, a, just like two sets of clothes, not a lot. of, not a lot. So I, I'm, I'm with my friends. And so for first night, I'm out. Second night, I'm out. By the third day, I'm, I'm getting stressed now because now I need clothes. Now I need, you know, I, I need money. I need food. I need a place to stay. And so I'm a little bit stressed. I ran away from home, really ran away from home. I don't want to be at home. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. So I phoned my, my brother, by, you know, just, just behind, my, behind my parents' backs. I'm like, tell my brother, please, I need a number for another friend of mine. Please look at that number, and um, I'm going to need some stuff. You know, my dad picks up, takes the phone from my brother, and he says, Mark, it's time that you come home now. So I was like, I knew. My, my dad speaks, come home. And I remember coming home, and my dad's like, listen, we didn't want you to not be here. We love you. But your behavior is not right. And the way that you're behaving... This is not God honoring, you know, my, my, it was phenomenal. My dad really handled it well. But I've learned this, is that running away, friends, always, always, you always come short. Like my one friend says, it's like you've got short legs. You're not going to be able to run far. And you can run away from the call of God. But I'm telling you now, the best place, like Corinthian Tim Worm says, the safest place for you and me to be is in the center of God's will. And so um, it's amazing for me how God beckons us he draws us he draws us into his great move and so we ended last week just by that starting where where it says that Jonah ran away from the Lord and I'd like to pick that up from there that verse verse 3 Jonah chapter 1 but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish 
Friends, he ran away from the Lord. So when you ran, run away from the call of God, it's like running away from God. He rejected God's call, and that meant rejecting God. And so he headed for Tarshish. Tarshish was historically known as, as, a, as, a, as really a place of, of, of reflection. It was known as a, as, a, as a wealthy place, a place where there was affluence. There were, so Jonah, in a sense, was saying, I'm going to go and find my own security in another place apart from God. I'm going to go to comfort and convenience. I'm going to go to selfish self-actualization. I'm going to go to a place of contemplation, of inward, self-focused life. That was what Tarshish was all about. And the Bible says he went down to Jotpa. So in order to get to Tarshish, he had to go down. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to go down. And Tarshish was, was, a, was, was, was a place that was literally, he was going away from the high call of God down to the earthly. He found a ship bound, uh, bound for a port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. It's amazing that he had to pay to get away from God. Could I say this, friends, is that sin is expensive? Sin is expensive. Ask people that are unfaithful in their marriage, it's expensive. Ask people that are addicted to something and they're in addiction, it's expensive. Ask people that lie and gossip, it's expensive. It destroys lives, it destroys relationships. Sin is expensive. To run away from God will cost you. But friends, to run toward God cost Jesus. So you, I want to ask you, are you going to pay the price to run away from God? Or are you going to pay, uh, friends, in comparison to what Jesus paid for you and me, running to God might mean that you and I need to lay down and it might mean that we need to let go of some stuff. But, but none of that, friends, none of that compares to what you and I gain. None of that compares to what we gain. You know, that's amazing. People's lives are broken. People's, people's lives are a mess around us. People around us, friends and family of us, are going to hell. And like I always say, hell is hot and time is short. People are worshiping idols. They are unsatisfied. And you are living in a city right now that desperately needs the good news of Jesus Christ. You've got friends and family. You've got co-workers that desperately need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. The nations are waiting for us. They want to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here you and I are often just like, oh, at least I've paid my car payment. At least I've got my kids in school. And all of those things are important. But could I say, friends, even our children, they are our mission field. Even our children need to be those that we run to in order to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, why did Jonah run away from God? Why did he run away from Nineveh? Friends, you must understand this. It was not an easy thing. Sometimes we look down on Jonah and we think, man, this guy has such weak faith. Now, the truth be told is, friends, it was so hard for him. To, to obey would be extremely hard. Um, I'll give you some interesting facts. From the prophet Nahum, it speaks about Nineveh, and it says it was a, a city of crime, utterly treacherous, full of violence, where killing never stops. Now think about some of the worst cities in the world. Think about, think about Mexico City, maybe where there's a lot of drugs and a lot of... Um, think about Johannesburg, some of the worst places, parts of Johannesburg. Think of some of these cities worldwide that, that, that we know of that... That, that, that's, that's rife with crime and killing. Jonah did not want to go to that place because they were in darkness, they were in sin. An author says for Jonah to go to Nineveh was to go to hell. Felt like going to hell. Nineveh, according to this author, was well known for their violence, their carefree living, making them think they are invincible. Zephaniah 2 verse 15 speaks about this. The brutal atrocities 
it inflicted on its war captives and for their idolatry. They were the Nazi, Nazi Nazis of their day. The Assyrians, that they were, they were the ones that occupied Nineveh. The Assyrians were their enemies, were Israelites' enemies. They were, they were like the greatest enemies of Israel. And for Jonah to go there was like God calling a Jewish person in World War II to go to Germany because God has got a heart for Germany. It would make Jonah or any person thinking of going this, it would make you sick thinking, God, are you seriously calling me there? I'd rather run away and go to Tarsus. I'd rather go to my comfort and my convenience. And I'm here to say to you, friends, sometimes God has asked me to do things. And even for Marie and I coming to, to North America, it felt like the most daunting thing in our lives to do, to leave the people we love, to leave the place we love, to leave the church we love, to leave our great, our family, and to come to a place that is really post-Christian, beyond God. They don't want to serve God. Politically, you, can, you know what's happening in, in the United States. But yet God is saying, it's those places that we need to penetrate. It's the darkest places in our society. It's think about the inner city of, 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 of Potts or Clarksville, wherever you are. And when, when we run from God, it's like losing God's heart for mission. It's our hearts drifting from the truth that God once came to. Not, he didn't come for the healthy. He came to seek and save the lost. We build our identity then in something other than Jesus, actually. I want to ask you personally, could, I, could, could you be real with yourself for a minute or two today? What is your Nineveh? What is your Nineveh? It might be just being having an honest conversation with your spouse. It might say, be, listen, I'm actually going to start laying down my life for my, for my family and I'm going to start prioritizing my children. What is your Nineveh? David Livingston said, if a commission of an earthly king is considered an honor, how can a commission by a heavenly king, this is our God commissioning us to the places and the people that we've placed in our lives, how can the com commission of a heavenly king be considered a sacrifice? Friends, God is not calling you and me to primarily sacrifice. He's calling us to respond to his sacrifice. Verse four of Jonah chapter one says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose on the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and he fell into a deep sleep. Isn't this what we are doing as believers sometimes? We are actually the, the cause. We are the reason for the storms. God is beckoning us. God divinely, graciously will allow circumstances to kind of bring us to our knees, to bring us to a place. And sometimes it's our friends and our family and the people that are with us in the boat. They are the ones paying the price while we are just oblivious and we're asleep. And last week we spoke about the fact that God wants us to awake. God wants revival to come into our hearts. And so God will allow a great wind to come into your life. I'm here to say to you, I don't want to prophesy bad things, but I'm here to say to you that God will allow bad circumstances to get our attention. He will allow things in our lives He's, he's not necessarily the one that's saying, I want to hurt you. No, he's saying, I want you to wake up. And I'm here to say to you, friends, this wind brings people to their knees. Sometimes it might be load shedding. Sometimes it might be political. It might be finances. It might even be a pandemic, which I don't believe. I, I, honestly, I believe that the pandemic was a scheme of the enemy. But God will use a storm like a pandemic to bring us to our knees. And, and people are, were crying out to all sorts of gods. But their gods were not doing anything for them. And so I'm asking, are you sleeping through the very storm 
Are you sleeping through the, 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 the signals and the messages that God's sending you? The world is perishing around us while the Christians are sleeping. We just have our comfy little, cushy little church, sing our, our, our few songs on a Sunday. Let the pastor just preach us happy. Tell us how good we are because we are not going to get our hands dirty. Parents, we're not going to get involved in our children's lives. We're just going to let tablets and the internet raise our kids and let schools raise our kids and let, let the church teach our kids about, about, about Jesus. What about us teach our kids about Jesus? Students, what about your friends that going out drinking and, and partying? What about you and me being there and sharing with them? Business people, teachers, will you arise and shine like it says in Isaiah 60, for your light has come. Will you awake, O sleeper, like it says in Ephesians 5, awake and rise to this new life. Will you let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds, Matthew chapter 5, 16. Or are we going to stay sleeping on the boat? Verse 6 of Jonah chapter 1 says, The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Friends, they are coming to him and they're saying, Please, we don't know your God. Please, we need you to speak to your God because we need a breakthrough. And I'm here to say to you, friends, our family, our friends, our co-workers, the acquaintances, the people we see in the marketplace, wherever we go, they are desperate for God. They just don't know who God is. They're calling out to all their idols. And, and friends, you and I, they, they're coming to us and they're saying, will you please introduce us to your God? Will you please rise up? Will you get up? And will you call upon your God? I love what happened in our nation a few years ago when Angus Buchan called more than a million people together to pray. And for us to stand, the believers said, we are going to rise up and we're going to worship God. We're going to pray and we're going to trust God. We're going to see God do something supernatural. And the heavens opened, friends, when God's people prayed. I believe that our cities, Clarkson, Potch, Charlotte, all over the world, they're crying out for believers to call upon our God, verse 7 and 8 said, Then the sailors said to one another, Come, let us cast lots. Find out whose responsibility, uh, who's responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they asked him, Tell us who is responsible for making this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? I mean, God loves you so much, friends, that people will even, it'll become apparent that you need to speak to God. We have a responsibility. When you run from God, I'm here to say to you, friends, it's going to affect people around you when you run from God. And when God said to us, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them, and he's with us, he meant business, friends. And I believe that even in this, this, this amazing church, City on Hill, God is calling us now to make disciples more than ever. Verse 9 to 10 of Jonah chapter 1 says, he answered, I'm a Hebrew. I love this about Jonah. After he wakes up, he remembers his identity. I'm a child of God. I'm with the people of God. Number two, he says, I'm a Hebrew. Number two, I'm a worshiper of God. And even though it doesn't look like I'm worshiping God now, I'm running away. I'm here to say to you that my identity is still in Christ. And even though I make mistakes, and even though I forget to share the love of Christ, and even though sometimes I lose it, and sometimes I, 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 I misrepresent God, I am still a worshiper of God. He says, he says he's, they literally, friends, these guys, he says they knew that he was running away from the Lord because he had told them so. They were terrified. Friends, I'm here to say to you, who are you? You are his. You are a, a new creation in Christ. You're a son. You're a daughter of Christ, of God. N number two, whose are you? You belong to him. 
Number three, now you're a worshiper of God. Worship him. And our worship is not based on how good we are. Our worship is based on how good he is. Amen. He's called us to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue the earth, Genesis 1:28. I think the storm helped Jonah remember that he's a worshiper, that he's a child of God, and he's called to worship. I'm here to say to you, you're a child of God, and you're called to worship. Verse 11 and 12, the sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what shall we do to calm us down? And he replied, it'll become calm. Um, and literally, they, they threw him overboard, and I know it's my fault. That's what he said that this great storm has come upon us. Friends, in verse 13, it says, instead, the men did their best to row back. They did not want Jonah to suffer. But verse 14 says, then they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold this us accountable for killing him, killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Friends, I'm here to say to you that the fruit of you and me owning up, taking responsibility, humbling ourselves and saying, it's me. I'm a, I'm a child of God and I need to worship God and I'm responsible. I need, to, I need to step back into God's plan. And even if that means I need to lose my life and even if that means I need to humble myself, I will do that. Friends, that produces People's response to God. People will start worshiping God on account of you and me humbling ourselves. People were responding. They were humbling themselves. They were crying out to God and they started worshiping him. And it's hard, friends. It's hard to sacrifice. But I, like Tim's story says, someone is, is, is waiting on the other side of your obedience. On the other side of your sacrificial obedience, someone is waiting for you. And God has called you and me by name. He's called us and I'm asking you will, you, will you run to him, not from him? Jonah ran from God and then God drew him back into him. And in the process, God revealed himself to people. But just the big difference between Peter and the difference between Peter and, and Judas was Judas ran away from Jesus and Peter ran to Jesus. When, when Jesus came on the beach, Peter ran to Jesus and then Jesus restored Peter, if you made a mistake, if you, if you messed up, I want to say this to you, that just like Peter was restored, God wants to restore you. And then God, he says, do you love me? I've got a mission for you, Peter. I've got a plan for you. And friends, I'm here to say the call of God is on your life. Just like it was on Joseph's life, Joseph became a great man of God. Like it was in Moses' life. Just like it was in Paul's life. Just like the, the call of God was in the disciples' life. So the call of God is on your life and my life. And it says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, and I want to close with this. It says that you and I need to fight the good fight of faith because we have been called by name for the glory of God, by the grace of God, in the power of God. The highest call that you and I can take hold of is the call to Jesus. We are called to Him first. We are called to His people. We are called to a place. You, if you find yourself in South Africa, you're called, there. you're called to a purpose and you're called to a planting, to be the planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. My prayer for you and me today, if you're far from God today, that you would put your hope in Jesus. But if you're close to God, will you run to Him and not from Him? And your Nineveh, will you run to the purposes of God and the call of God? Will you embrace the uncomfortable, daunting, scary Nineveh that God's calling you to? In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray that we will respond to your call and we'll see many one by your Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.